Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, the comedy politics podcast that refuses to learn to live with Covid until it pays its fair share of rent and does the bloody washing up for once. I'm Tina Duyeb and this week as Prime Minister and what happens when a gale force wind collapses a porridge factory, Boris Johnson says that an invasion of Ukraine by Russia would bring about the destruction of a democratic state. I ask, does that mean it'd be a lot more like the UK then? I know you're thinking that everyone's favourite anemic Yoda, the Queen, has already done enough for the British public in her almost unnecessarily long life. You know, what with her occupying a big palace, hey, it'd just be a real effort for the rest of us to live in, because can you imagine how long it takes to hoover? And then there's being the face on all the stamps, which I mean, I wouldn't want to do. I'm embarrassed enough about my passport pics, and no one's seen those for years, let alone tried to use it to send airmail. But even with all that, The past week, the Queen has really excelled herself for the British public yet again. I mean, firstly, by using her own money that we gave her for free, but it's also definitely hers, to let her walking kidney stone of a son, Prince Andrew, pay £12 million in an out-of-court settlement to prove indefinitely that he'd never ever met or abused Virginia Jeffrey. Not only does that settlement prove his innocence better than any actual evidence of court trial or somehow that photograph of him with the accuser that's been circulating for years maybe turning out to be a magic eye where if you look closely, it's just Andrew not sweating in a pizza express. But also, by giving her son the dosh like that, the Queen is saving the very fabric of British society by rescuing two things that are vital to the existence of tabloid newspapers. That's right, royalty and nonces. I mean, where would the royals be without the newspapers? Well, with an extra princess that people actually liked. But apart from that, right, nowhere. So it is only right that the Queen continues to feed their ever-hungry news mouths like an informant raisin. Could you imagine if the Queen had let Andrew go to prison and then he'd definitely have offed himself like former associate of King Pedo Jeffrey Epstein, Jean-Luc Brunel, who was like a cross between Michael Portillo and a freshly dug-up corpse. He was found hung in his cell last week while facing charges of rape and trafficking. But what's impressive is despite being imprisoned, he managed to turn off all the CCTV and distract the guards from looking while he did it, you know, just in case they intervened and ruined his lovely tribute act to his friend Geoffrey. So thoughtful. It's not just the Queen's kind gesture to her son that we should be grateful for, though, but also how she then went and showed that she actually is just like us, you know, if we had obscene amounts of money and thrived on an archaic system built on brutality. By, right, just like us, by getting COVID. 
right? We're basically the same as her match, right? We've all had COVID. She's now got COVID. The Queen getting COVID firstly shows that she isn't racist because she does accept some foreign bodies into the royal family, just not ones that are black and married to her grandson. Such a shame Harry had to do that. Why couldn't he have respected the family and married a paedophile instead? Awful. And of course, now the Queen has COVID, that means it's proper mainstream. The Queen is living with it and even still working from home, as every hard-working 95-year-old should do when ill with a respiratory virus. I've got no idea what her madge is actually doing as work, but they've said it's light duty, so it's probably um telling someone else to turn the lights on or off. She's basically just like us, is what I'm saying. Queen Elizabeth is just like us, except for having the best healthcare in the world and rooms big enough to self-isolate in just by making all your staff stand at the other end. And that's why the Prime Minister has said it's time to scrap all remaining Covid restrictions because, I mean, the bloody Queen has it, so what's all the fuss about? If you haven't had it by now, do you even love Britain? If you're not out there trying your best to inhale Omicron right into your lungs for the Queen, then I wouldn't be surprised if the Home Office tracked you down and send you to one of those weird countries where everyone still cares and barely anyone has been sick. We all have to learn to live with it. Well, unless you've died from it, obviously, but then why can't you follow simple instructions? I mean, the Queen's managed it, so it's a bit bloody selfish of you to not even try, to be honest. Boris Johnson says we have to get confident to get back to normal from COVID, because with King's College figures suggesting there's 165,000 new cases a day and 2.5 million people currently infected, it's basically gone, right? I mean, 2.5 million people, that is barely enough to fill a moon. And of course, his latest strain is super mild and only killing around 100 people a day. So, you know, less dangerous than the flu if the flu is more dangerous and all year round. I do hope that we start to be more confident and in future refer to any situation where only 100 or so people die as mild. Oh, that terrorist incident. Yeah, I'm not sure why you're upset about that. It only killed 89 people, so it was basically no worse than a common cold. Serial killer? Nah, they only murdered 47 people, 15 of which were vulnerable, so would have died anyway. They're basically just hay fever in a hat. The Prime Minister says the end of the restrictions will return people's freedom. Well, unless you're clinically vulnerable, obviously, in which case you'll be even less free than before. But why, oh why, should people have to wear really easy-to-wear masks on a train just so you can actually have a life and do stuff? Come on now, we had the Paralympics in London in 2012. Haven't you lot had enough already? Yeesh. We see your freedom possibilities and raise you being able to sneeze globules across several carriages, which I think you'll find is proper democracy right there. From this Thursday, if you've got COVID, there's absolutely no need to self-isolate anymore because, frankly, if you do, that is just selfish and you're refusing to share it with others. It's not good for the economy if you take time off work because you're very, very ill. And what the economy really needs is for everyone to be really, very, very ill so they all sit at their desk doing nothing and feeling like their head is going to run off and join Easter Island. That is where real productivity lies. I definitely think I do my best work when I feel too shit to do any work and can't actually do any. What will make it all easier is that there'll be reduced access to tests because we can't keep giving out free tests, says the Prime Minister. And he is right. I mean, free tests for an illness on the NHS. What on earth do you think the health service is for? God. You don't get free pregnancy tests either. And really, if you've got COVID, it's your own fault for not wearing protection. So you won't actually know if you've got COVID or not. Uh, That means if you suddenly feel awful, there is every chance it could just be you being absolutely crap at life. Maybe have some orange juice or something, yeah, and just deal with it. If the figures say there's no COVID just because no one's testing for it, then they can't be wrong, okay? And I think a handy way to reduce waiting times in the NHS would also be if we all stop testing for everything that anyone could have, and before you know it, we'll have the healthiest country in the world. Maybe we could also stop recording road accidents and breaches of building regulations too, and that way we'll definitely have the safest country in the world. And in fact, maybe we should all stop recording deaths so we'll definitely all be immortal. Chief Medical Officer and Bruni from Frozen 2, Chris Whitty, says Omicron's impact on mortality is muted, which is ridiculous because it's been two years now. Everyone should know how to use Zoom. 
He said hospital numbers are still significant but falling, which is probably due to the lack of beds and it's very hard to stand up if you can't breathe. Over 75s will get an additional booster jab in the spring, but that's because they really need them to vote Conservative in the May local elections. There is some concern that the Prime Minister hasn't followed the science with these announcements removing all the Covid restrictions, but that is probably because, from experience, he's found that scientists rarely lead him to parties, so it's really not worth it. Johnson insists, though, that he's not throwing caution to the wind, which is good because with Storm Eunice and Storm Franklin this past weekend, that'd mean caution was blown fucking miles away. With Met Office red warnings, the storms causing flooding across the UK with homes evacuated in South Manchester, 10,000 homes without power and severe transport disruption. It has been really comforting for everyone in Britain to finally have some normal news for once. Luckily, the Environment Agency has been protecting thousands of people from flood damage, but only in the south and west of England, because let's face it, a lack of investment in transport means no one can get to the north anyway, so at least this means it'll be far more accessible by boat. 60% of the flood defence budget is spent on the southeast, and a third of England's vital flood defences are owned by private companies who haven't bothered to repair more than a thousand of the ones they're in charge of. And I guess that's because it's just not profitable to keep having overflow on your budget. The government did have an emergency Cobra meeting in the midst of Storm Eunice on Friday to discuss it, but its conclusions weren't reported anywhere, so I guess actually they might have just huddled round the heater for a bit and kept saying, oh, it's a bit blowy, isn't it? I'm guessing that because there are only four deaths reported around the UK that the government considered those storms to be mild. Maybe if we just stopped recording storms, then we wouldn't have to worry about them in the first place. While the government aren't particularly concerned about a pandemic or Roland Emmerich film reenactments, the UK government are very concerned about Ukraine, warning that Russia's plan to invade has already begun. Just, you know, without the invading bit just yet. I'm not sure which bit of the plan they've actually begun. Maybe it's the filling up on snacks before they get going or laying out enough socks and pants for the duration. It is looking quite scary, though, with Russian president and amateur artist's impression of what a missing baby looks like 60 years later, Vladimir Putin, making a big speech that basically said, in his view, Ukraine is a state, which I suppose to try and be optimistic. If it's not a state, then maybe he won't be able to send any troops over the border as they won't have a clue when they're in the country or not. Putin said modern Ukraine was created by Russia and then complained that it's never had a consistent tradition of being an independent nation. Yeah, that'll be because of Russia constantly invading it. Putin appears to be asking for the Ukrainian regions of Donetsk and Luhansk to be recognised as independent, which would break the Minsk agreement and could allow Russia to invade Ukraine under the idea that it'd become a threat to them. It's very much a playground tactic where you take someone's lunch and then when they try to get it back, you punch them in the face and say they started it. But actually, that's quite unfair, as most of Putin's speech really sounded more like an angry divorced dad. It was all, we created them, they're being controlled from the outside, you want decommunisation, I'll show you what it's like. I do worry we're just days away from him wearing a superhero outfit and climbing something, unless they agree that he can have Donetsk and Luhansk every third weekend of the month. He is a very overbearing parent, but at the same time, his kid almost certainly needs to be taken into care and as far away from him as possible. Boris Johnson says Russia are planning the biggest war in Europe since 1945, which does sound very concerning when you consider the previous Ukraine conflict in 2014, which was quite big. But also, it could just be that the Prime Minister has zero idea of any conflict since World War II, and so even two people hitting each other with table tennis bats would be, in his mind, the biggest war since then. It's all very confusing, and you have to wonder just how it is that while very few people in the world are sure what's going to happen next, is the British government, the ones that couldn't foresee the consequences of their own Brexit, their own pandemic regulations, and whether or not they're actually at a party, that are somehow certain they're fully informed. Foreign Secretary and Children's Marionette Liz Truss says the UK have stepped up preparations for the worst-case scenario. In Ukraine, that is, because as proven, they have absolutely no idea what to do for the worst-case scenario in Britain, hence why we're always in a new one. 
Truss says they need to make the cost for Russia intolerably high, but with a quarter of Johnson's cabinet taking £2 million from Russia-linked donors since he became Prime Minister, I mean, how much more costly can they make it? I don't think any of those donors are going to fork out more cash for the possibility of lunch with Truss when she's just going to spend the whole time on her phone and only eat the Instagrammable food. Still, on the plus side, at least all that leftover COVID will be wiped out when we all have to stay indoors for the foreseeable future because everything outside will be too radioactive. While the British government try and work out how to remove Russian forces from Ukraine, here in the UK we seem to have increasingly diminishing possibilities of removing Boris Johnson from office, and not just because he strikes me as someone that's very hard to shift once he's asleep in a chair. The Prime Minister handed in his survey to the Met Police on Saturday night, but it's hard to know if he even managed to spell his name right, let alone fill it in properly, as it's quite likely he was drunk at the time. I mean, it was the weekend. Apparently, he's been allowed to examine the evidence against him in surveys filled in by Downing Street staff before he submitted his, and Number 10 have asked the Met don't release any of the pictures they've been given of the events. I really hadn't realised this is how it works if you're accused of committing a crime now, and I'm quite worried because I think I accidentally ran a red light a few weeks ago, so I'm hoping I'll just get to fill in a form saying, actually, I didn't, and can I have all those pictures of my car put in the bin? If it's true that no one is above the law in this country, then you have to wonder if Boris Johnson has managed to just sink so far beneath the law in his attempts to scrape rock bottom that it just can't see him anymore. During a BBC interview, the Prime Minister dodged questions 15 times on whether he'd quit if it turns out he's a big crim, but I guess why would he when British people bloody love crims? You know, like the craze, or Michael Caine driving a mini, or Robin Hood. Boris Johnson will probably be even more popular as a criminal Prime Minister, as it just confirms everyone's suspicions that the government are indeed a bunch of crooks, and isn't it nice that someone's actually honest about it, unlike Labour would be? Zippy the Pinhead Tribute Act and Minister of State for Europe, James Cleverley, said he didn't think Johnson should step down if he's found guilty, as he doesn't reckon what the country needs now is a vacuum at the centre of government. But I mean, there is already a moral one there, isn't there? And what about the fact that everything the cabinet does absolutely sucks? Maybe rather than pretend the Prime Minister breaking the law isn't a big deal, they should just stop recording crimes and then everyone will be legal all of the time. In other news, the Home Secretary Priti Patel, a woman who'd be turned away by the dark side for being a bit much, has rejected demands to make misogyny a hate crime, probably because that'll mean even more of the Cabinet gets sent questionnaires and they haven't got time for that. Priti Patel says it'd be more harmful than helpful to women and girls who are victims of violence, as prosecutors would have to prove hate crime had occurred as part of another offence. I mean, what the Home Secretary could do is look into changing law so you know it all worked better, but I guess that'd be a lot of effort, whereas it's easier letting everyone know that misogyny isn't a hate crime, eh? It's just a bit of fun negging, and if you can't take it, then maybe you shouldn't work in the Home Office. One thing the Home Secretary has done, though, is axe a golden visa scheme, which gave wealthy foreign investors a fast track to live in the UK, which after the last few years sounds a lot more like a punishment than a bonus. Pretty Patel's is part of a crackdown on corrupt elites who threaten our national security, and that makes sense as she wouldn't want them coming over here, taking all the British Tory donors' jobs. It's hard to believe that that's going to be it for wealthy foreign investors getting a free pass to be in the UK, as then who else is going to be able to afford to buy homes in London? Minister without portfolio or any discernible skills, and man who definitely got bullied at school every time he went to pick up his kids from there, Oliver Dowden, gave a speech to the very right-wing US think tank the Heritage Foundation last week. Clearly the only way they could attempt to have a diverse range of speakers was by inviting one person in the end who's barely translucent. Dowden tweeted a picture of his last-minute prep in what was probably his hotel room, standing by an ironing board with his speech on it, because I guess you have to do what you can to make shit old material seem newer. His speech was all about how cancel culture is sweeping the West and sapping its confidence. Is that what it is, Oliver? Is that what's affecting you? Is it cancel culture that means you can't pee if there's someone else at the urinals? Funny how cancel culture wasn't an issue when he was culture secretary and all the arts got cancelled during the pandemic and weren't funded properly. 
According to Dowden, woke ideology is now everywhere, which if that's true, that means his shit ideas aren't mainstream anymore because they make no sense and absolutely no one likes them. Deputy leader and star of Horizon Zero Clue, Angela Rayner, said that she believes police should shoot terrorists first and ask questions later, which would make the question asking pretty tricky. I mean, just try asking Jean-Charles de Menzies. I think Labour are right to go on this super tough on crime stance to counteract the Conservatives just doing crime. And frankly, why don't they go all out and say, actually, it's great when the cops kill people and why don't they just kill everyone and then they could conduct a seance to find out who knew what and then if they weren't guilty, they could resurrect them using old voodoo magic and if that goes wrong, they could shoot them again. Or just let them vote, as being that brain-deaded, they'd probably go for really shit-awful policies like shoot first, ask questions later. Lastly, Brexit Opportunities Minister and opportunistic gravedigger Jacob Rees-Mogg says that evidence that leaving the EU has damaged UK trade is few and far between. Yes, Jacob, that's because it's still stuck in a lorry on the M20. The government are to drop their ban on imports of foie gras and fur because otherwise there are concerns that Rees-Mogg will starve and Liz Truss will have nothing to wear during photo shoots. Former Deputy Prime Minister and cardboard cutout at a printer's shop, Nick Clegg, has been promoted to President of Global Affairs for Meta, presumably because he's an expert in being virtually there. And finally, Captain Sir Tom Moore, the man who became a symbol for how the government have underfunded the NHS so much that a 100-year-old elderly man had to walk around a lot to fund it. Take that, the Queen, with your light duties. In true milkshake duck fashion, it has turned out that a charity set up in Tom Moore's name tried to appoint his daughter as the CEO on a six-figure salary, but the charity commission blocked it. And then the charity paid companies owned by his daughter and son-in-law thousands and thousands of pounds. Is that what they mean now by charity begins at home? Hey, 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 stormy, stormy days here in the UK. Uh, On Friday, I'm certain I saw a man take his dog for a fly. I hope you got through Storm Eunice and Storm Franklin. And now what's the next one? Storm Gladys. Um, Honestly, these names do not help, do they? If I hear Eunice, Franklin and Gladys are coming to town, I'm assuming they're going to do an impromptu big band concert, not knock over fences and kick over everyone's bins. I think I've said it before, but I'll goddamn say it again. I do not like the humanising of storms. There's enough other humans that we don't blooming humanise, aren't there? Let's not give storms fucking fancy names. Why can't we go through the alphabet of swears instead? Storm effing, storm fuck's sake, storm goddammit, and so on like that. And be a little bit more accurate. Sure, there'll be letters that we might struggle with, but I think it might cause a need to invent new swear words. And if there's one thing that 2022 is actually in dire need of, it is that. We need loads. We need absolutely loads right now. I might start a government petition. Ugh, I had a show cancelled last week, so it turns out it's not a good idea to let kids travel in 70 mile an hour winds, even though I reckon they get there super quickly if attached to a kite or holding their jacket open. Um, oh, the news just kept changing as I was writing this week's one, um, so it, some of it's a, a bit all over the place. I'm not sure if I should have started with the Queen bit, because you've probably even forgotten that happened by the time that you hear this. We'll probably be in some sort of midst of nuclear war uh, by, by the time this podcast releases uh, tomorrow, today, whenever you're listening to 2054 when you're looking back and going wow you got all of that so wrong um this week's show is just a mini shouty podcast though um i emailed so many people to chat to uh last week including 17 different people to talk to about ukraine um but as helper of the podcast cat day kindly and not at all sarcastically pointed out they might be a bit busy at the moment yes i know I know, but I mean, out of 17, you'd expect one to have been snubbed by everywhere else and ready to talk to an unimportant, poorly researched podcast, right? Um, You know, I like to think that this show is where you go if you don't even get the call from GB News. Um, But actually, what I'm saying is it could be very insulting to a guest that I'm hopefully speaking to for next week's podcast. So hopefully we will have some explanation uh, of the Ukraine situation then. And I've got a few other people in the bag. uh, And when they escape the bag, I will interview them. Sounds a lot like a hostage situation. Um, Right. So just that. 
that, really, this week. Oh, and also, all the usual thanksies. Um, Tarlos to Connell and Loretta for the Kofi donations. And also a really super, super late shout-out to Anonymous, um, who, again, I don't think is the Global Hacker Organisation, uh, but, you know, someone who didn't want to give their name. I mean, if it is the Global Hacker Organisation, they've actually donated quite a lot in the past few years. It's very much appreciated. Um, but thanks to that, Anonymous, for the donation to the ACAST supporter button that they did back in January. Um, basically, the Wise Podcast hosts, oh, ACAST, have now hidden the dashboard for the supporter page, so I haven't been able to find it for ages and then I finally stumbled on it by accident the other day um, but I guess that means it's now as much of a challenge for me to find the ACAST support site as it is for you uh, so look if you like the challenge and that's how you'd like to donate then go for it otherwise please do head to the uh, ko-fi.com forward slash bro for a one-off coffee funding or join the patreon.com forward slash bro to give me regular injections of realising that I can't stop this show or one to two people might actually be sad um, I can't remember any other admin this week uh, as all I keep thinking about is how the wind is howling so much outside I feel like someone should check if it is okay um, and how generally all the news is terrifying um, yeah I mean I've got do you think all the restrictions should go I, it's weird isn't it I mean clearly not not all of them I mean I've still got some natural flow tests uh, in the cupboard uh, in our flat and I do wonder if I hold on to them long enough if I can get a decent amount for them on eBay maybe I should sign them no that would probably make them worth less um, oh also I should say I didn't want to joke about it this week because it's great and I couldn't think of a gag other than it's great but the Welsh Government's trial rollout of universal basic income for care leavers is so awesome um, and it was really nice uh, speaking to James Punkett last week about hopeful initiatives like UBI and then suddenly seeing Wales go hold my tiny rebel kutch you see it's not all bad is it it's not all bad of course those care leavers probably won't be able to get the universe basic income when we're all wiped out by a nuclear war but hey ah comedy right anyway that's it for this week um there'll be a normal size podcast next week hopefully um in which case uh now all that's left to do is a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And that's your lot for this week's Partly Political Broadcast podcast. Just a wee one, hopefully back to your usual average height for an audio show by next week. If you like a lot of chocolate on your biscuit, then join our club. But if you like this show instead, please do spread the word about it, donate to the Kofi or Patreon, maybe even give it a nice review on a podcast platform or train station toilet wall. 
Gracious musterings to Acast, The Last Skeptic and Cat Day. And this will be back next week when Covid announces it doesn't want to adjust to living with Boris Johnson as the constant ABBA music and parties means it never gets any sleep. Bye. This week's show is sponsored by me not knowing or having ever met Prince Andrew, so I'm expecting the £12 million Patreon donation any day now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.